You're listening to the Oil Dub Podcast, and I'm your host, Armando Caba. Today is going to be more of a serious episode, and I'm going to put up right, if you didn't guess from the title, you know what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be diving a bit into the world of incels and all the horse shit that goes with it. So I do want to put a trigger warning that we are going to be talking about misogyny a lot. There is going to be a lot of talk about self-harm, and there is going to be a lot of talk about suicide, unfortunately. Now, the idea for this episode, I mean, the subject is a big subject, but the idea came because, I don't know, I woke up one day and I just got fed up with the term simp, hearing it and like the connotations of it. And simp, for those who don't know, it's basically a term used specifically towards men. That is to make fun of them for showing respect and love and admiration openly to a woman like this is this is where we're at in 2023 so my original idea for the episode was to go on a huge rant about that but then it got me thinking about incels it got me thinking about incel culture it got me thinking about a documentary that i saw a while back which i recommend i recommend you watch um if this is a subject that is once again no judgment at all it's heavy it's got a lot of fucking bullshit in it. Uh, if you want to watch the doc, it's called The Shy Boys. I recommend it. Uh, maybe watch it with a stiff drink if that's something you want to see. But it does highlight this mentality of what goes on with these men. Especially in like a pre-social media era. Like You can tell it's the early 2000s. And the film is actually directed by... Someone who I'm mutuals with, uh, it's directed by Sarah Gardefi, Gardef, I, I know I'm butchering that last name, I suck with this, I'm really bad with it, but Sarah, shout out to Sarah, really great doc. So basically this documentary is following a few men who one of them identifies as being love shy, and the others are more in the spectrum, if we're going to put it on the spectrum, um, Incels. Now, there's a difference between what it means to be love shy and what it means to be an incel. Now, but the thing is, they they touch tips. These these things touch tips. Love shy is a condition basically where individuals that are specifically men experience a lot of anxiety and difficulty when it comes to the world of dating in terms of how to approach someone and all the factors that come in with it. It's a lot. It's primarily anxiety and it has forced them into being single but due to anxiety there's not the same level of hate and you know purposely blaming everything on the outside world but there is some level of introspection of like hey i'm feeling this kind of way i don't know if i can date it's bothering me i have doubts in myself and i want to be better and in this doc you meet the probably i would say like the main character who is michael and michael wanted he formed this is like once again back before social media was a thing we really had uh forums and he had a site called love shy which he explains and he explains that he made it as a forum for what would be a support group but very quickly he explains how bad this shit hit the fan where now all these forms where, you know, it's men trying to support each other turned into the fucking never ending garbage fire of what incel culture is, where now people are putting each other down. There's a lot of misogynistic comments. 
we start getting into suicide ideation where people are even making posts saying like what's the least painful way to kill yourself and it's it's shocking it's depressing it's just like it's very hard to formulate in words everything that went down with this and you can kind of see with Michael that he is not in that camp of you know being full incel he has his reservations and you can see like really in his eyes that he is fucking sad about this and now that this has turned into some fucking snake pit of what you know what we now know as modern day incels and the document continues on and Sarah is with a sound guy and follows him around and they go to some sort of convention together and you meet these other two characters who are just oh my god they are just uh, okay they're just they're, they're they're pieces of work we'll leave it at that they're pieces of work and there's one guy who goes by the name of urban white trash which already we're off to a fucking phenomenal start great you know you know you can already get an idea of what kind of mentality this guy's gonna have and he just immediately jumps in to these fucking whole like pickup artist nonsense of like oh you know these boys need to be broken down and know how to you know, go from being like these little like what the fuck did he say he used the he once again this is something i've learned while kind of gearing up to do this episode is that all this terminology there's all this fucking lore between chads stacy's beta males alpha males all this stuff which we'll get into a little bit, but so uh, Mr. UBT will call him, another abbreviation. He basically was saying that there needs to be a military-style boot camp where men can go and that they will be broken so that we will break incels and they will become master pickup artists. Already, yeah, that's a lot. Already, that's a lot. And his techniques were fucking insane. He was saying that there needs to be these loudspeakers with women moaning in pleasure, men fucking women in front of them, saying, you want to have this, you're going to have... like It's fucking ridiculous, and it's accompanied by little hand drawings he made. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, but the part of it that is shocking is that he fundamentally believes in it when he's talking about it. Like, this whole idea, you know, getting into the terminology now, for those of you who don't know... So basically a Chad is, and I can't, fuck, I can't believe I'm fucking getting it, but anyways. So a Chad is basically considered the be-all guy. You know, the guy who always has success dating, he never gets rejected, he's fit. There is a lot of focus on physical looks here, which we're going to circle back to, because it's very interesting. It's very interesting how there is a lot a focus on, you know, male bodies and this ideal physique, quote-unquote, and having perfect bone structure, which is another topic that comes up a whole lot of times, and we're going to just frame, use that as a little bit of framing and some foreshadowing for some points later on. But anyway, so you have these guys who are considered like, you know, I guess, the who they want to be. Then you have the normies, you have the quote-unquote the virgins who you know they're in these diagrams when they put when they're when they're labeling them the not only are they just complete bullshit but they're harsh they're incredibly harsh there's so much self-hate and scrutiny of others that i completely understand what i said at the beginning with um with michael 
that what was supposed to be a support group where people can talk about their anxieties has now turned into basically the worst version of a Comedy Central roast where everyone is just one-upping each other in terms of how much they can, you know, self-loathe, how much they make fun of other people. It's just, it's a fucking mess. No wonder, you know, men's mental health is down the fucking toilet. And no wonder, when you look at the other documentaries that do look at incels, like I believe there was one that happened with, uh, there were two that happened with Vice, these little shorts, where even they spent a day with someone who identifies as an incel on their forums and all that, where at the end of the documentary they said, oh yeah, so-and-so in that forum who we saw killed themselves. And it's just like, fuck. It's just... I don't I'm trying to figure out how to formulate this it's when you see this behavior and you see what is written in these forums it's not surprising I don't want it to happen I'm not sitting here because I also thought about hey should this just be an episode where you know we just get some licks in and just make fun of them but honestly it's not necessary because if you read the stuff they say I mean we'll get into the stuff they write about women but just about themselves, it's just no no wonder, you know? No wonder you lose your sense of reality. No wonder you feel like you don't want to be outside and that you feel like you have immense amounts of anxiety when you're in a public space. And don't get me wrong, having anxiety in a public space and also when you're on dates is not just reserved to this specific group of men. We've all gotten it. I get it. I get it tons of times. I have anxiety going on dates. And so do women, believe it or not, but they have a different type of anxiety. I might have the anxiety of like, hey, I don't want to miss my train going there uh, for this date so that they might get the wrong impression of me or I don't want to make them wait. Whereas, you know, a woman has the anxiety, you know, like, like, you know, just cute little girl things of like, hey, is he going to be a serial killer or not? And that just highlights one of the many inequalities we have between the genders. So as this documentary goes on, there is more and more talk from the other guys. There's one with long hair who really is like, you can tell. This is like the early versions of being terminally online. Like the way he talks, and they all talk together in terms of fat shaming other women, uh, talking about getting what is quote unquote the bottom of the barrel. It's just this idea also of placing that sex will cure it all. Like, this is the thing that will fix everything and that their whole life is just about this one action, this pressure that they have to do this one fucking thing. That he goes to a point that he says, uh, and I'm quoting, that he says he would go and fight the most brutal and horrendous war and come back disabled if it meant, quote-unquote, he would have an ugly, fat chick for life. I even have to take a break after fucking just having to repeat that, but let alone watching it. There's a lot of moments I have hit pause on the computer. And, wow. For a group of individuals that are so focused on love and trying to find what they believe is love at the end of the day, none of them have any love for themselves. That's, like, by far, like, the biggest takeaway. And when we go and we look into these misogynistic comments and everything that continues to be said and reiterated and like, you know, hey, we, I know how we all cringe when we hear the word female. They also say femoids. 
which is a whole nother thing, but there's a whole plethora of wonderful, disgusting terms that I can't even think of. I don't even think they bear repeating. But basically all I'm going to say is whatever you're imagining, multiplied because it's worse. And unfortunately, you know, when they do get called out on this, a lot of the time they said, oh, it's just a coping mechanism. It's a joke. It's satire. It's, it's not satire. It's not. If this is how you are all the time, and this is how you are, what you believe, and this is what you think, it's not satire. This is you. You are not making a joke. This is honestly what you believe, and these beliefs have led to real-life violence. You know, look at, um, look at, uh, what's his name? Elliot Roger, who this was a while back, who went on a fucking shooting spree. Uh, I believe on a campus or was at a sorority, but he did film himself. And again, this whole fucking thing saying that women owe me sex, women are the worst, blah, 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 blah. Like just bullshit oozing out of his, his mouth, but, but he took action. And this happened also with the van attack that happened in Toronto. And it just keeps fucking ramping up. It just keeps ramping up. And no wonder, you know, this group, as much as, you know, I want to make fun of them. And years back, my friends and I, we used to kind of like look at these comments to be like, what the fuck are they on about? And sure, the privilege comes in being like having a laugh, being like, this is the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. But it, you can't laugh at it anymore because it, there's, there's real-time consequences. There's real-time consequences because not only are other people getting hurt and losing their lives and you're harming their entire world, but these people who are perpetuating this violence or who are in support of it and get locked into this ideology are taking their own lives. No one is winning here. No one. No one fucking wins Everyone loses. This is no longer just a clickbait or anything like that. This is, this is, this has real life ramifications that are absolutely devastating. Now to go back to, to finish up a bit of the roundup of this documentary, there's a. It reminds me a lot of a cult. I mean, even looking at the forums and how incels have a presence on the internet behaves like a cult there's a lot of this terminology as i said up front which maybe you were like kind of like frowning and like scratching your head out believe me i was ready to slam my head against a wall because it's just this this way of speaking they have abbreviations and stuff like that that's classic cult shit 101 you are separating yourselves from the rest of society and then there's also the mega one which you see with the more extreme cults where once you create enemies or you have people attacking your beliefs, you are then justified. And whoever is kind of running the show, whoever has a position of power, will say, you see, everything I'm saying is true. We are in the right. Otherwise, we wouldn't have enemies who don't want to be, I guess, quote unquote, released. Or in this case, in today's climate, you know, red pill and fucking black pill, which is uh, referred to to um, incels. What's interesting about the whole pill talk about, yeah, man, I took the red pill. I took the black pill. There's a lot of swallowing going on for some proudly heterosexual men. I'm just saying. I mean, also that with focusing on talking about chiseled abs and pecs. I, I mean, all I'm just going to say it's, it's, it's interesting and that, you know, hey, pride is all. There's always pride every year. Okay. Just, just want to put that 
out there. What's important to mention here also with talking about, you know, the focus of these ideal beauty standards in their mind for what a man should look like is apart from that, they have these suggestions and almost um, these, these little like chapters in their forms where they're all kind of talking about what plastic surgery, surgery they would get and what they would need to do. Like we're beyond just like, Oh, I want to go on a regime and you know, just get ripped. It's like full on. We're getting into now the bone structure conversation, but when they see a vulva, and even in the dock, the guy, Mr. Pickup Artist over here, he sees a vulva, he is disgusted by it. He does this whole dramatic thing the same way, you know, you would see a child do that, looking at the computer like, oh my god, this is disgusting, get out of my face, what's even this, what's even like, mate, this is the thing you cannot shut the fuck up about, and this is how you're behaving, but okay, we can talk about men's bodies and like how strong a back should be and what shoulders should be like and to lift like the fucking millimeter. But like when you look at a vulva, now it's like it's the end of the fucking world. Like Jesus Christ. Plus, not to mention, they all believe that women don't enjoy sex whatsoever and that they have no sex drive at all. Yet, this is what they want. They basically want someone, specifically a woman, who is there to please their every single fucking need to the point where they have these ideas that there should be government mandated girlfriends and pretty much sex slaves, which is royally fucked, which is royally fucked. And this, you understand now with all that said, it's very clear how this is a large and important step that gets a lot of these men into the alt-right pipeline. To enter the manosphere. Because once again, they're all touching fucking uh, tips here. All the Venn diagrams, it's, it's, everything, everything overlaps. Everything overlaps with these ideas. And now even like, look at the bone structure. Like, oh, you know he's like a perfect man if he has a certain brow to him. Or like his skull is rounder on the top. Like with these measurements. Like, we're getting into some very slippery fucking fascist territory now if we're evaluating worth and idealism based on fucking bone structure my fucking god not to spoil the rest of this documentary but there is a moment where you kind of go there's always this kind of little bit of a back and forth with michael like in terms of the shots and you can see michael is not putting these guys in check or saying anything but you can tell he is not comfortable with what's going on. And he you can see physically he's kind of starting to distance himself. And he kind of speaks off camera when he's on his own. And his ideas, you feel a bit more sympathy with him because he is generally just talking about anxiety. He is not talking about hating women. He is not putting the blame on an entire gender. Like the rest of the boys who are fucking there who just seem cannot get their shit together. But uh, what also is kind of heartbreaking, but also nails home the fact of these overlaps between what it is to be love shy and incel, is that Michael at one point turns to the camera when they're filming outside. I believe they're on like some castle or something in a public park. And Michael says like, hey, wouldn't it be a good shot if I just jumped off right now? Like, wouldn't that be artistic if I just jumped off this fucking five-story ledge and hit the fucking concrete which is just a prime example of 
mental health being deteriorated. It's just, you know, I can't, I can't make fun of them. I why would I make fun of them when they do it to themselves so fucking well? Like, I gotta keep reiterating that because the more I think about it, it's like what it is just a sad group of men in all senses of the word. But also this sad group of men have become a very violent group of men. And that is fucking terrifying. And that's coming from one guy. Now imagine for everyone else who's a woman or femme presenting. Holy shit. It is just... It's a problem. It's a problem. And, you know, if you're sitting there, if you're maybe... uh, I don't know. I don't know if this podcast will reach the ears of certain men who are kind of in these circles. And if you're sitting there thinking like, well, it's not a big deal... You know it's a joke. It's it's not a joke. It, it it's not funny. It's not this fucking. You know it's the, you guys are not these long living performance artists where you're just gonna wrap it up and say and scene like you literally see feminism as the enemy and that it's converting women to reject you more when in fact it's your actions like you know talking about. You know, openly talking about violence and hating a gender and fucking having to be like, having to pull out a con, fuck, how do I, I can't even talk, Jesus Christ, having to pull out a counter argument every fucking time to a thing is insane. And this kind of gets into another umbrella term with them where you have those men's rights activists, which just, ooh, are these another special group of people? Now, getting into this whole, you know, I guess if you want to count it as research, what I did, my my YouTube algorithm wants to die. My YouTube algorithm is just like, can't take it. It's just horrid right now. So I ended up finding um, from the YouTube account Jubilee, which they tend to do these like middle ground arguments where they put people of, you know, completely opposite ends of uh, whatever belief system. And they have one where it's men's rights activists speaking with feminists. And nothing makes my toes curl in the worst way possible than hearing some of the shit that was said from from the men. And one of the guys that's there, his name is Derek, and he announces that he is an advocate for incel. And it kind of, like, you know, he... I wouldn't... Okay. He... <laughs> this fucking guy. So you kind of see him. He looks like a middle schooler. And he kind of tries, you can see in the way that he is positioning himself, like physically, he doesn't look threatening. But when he starts opening his mouth and you sincerely hear these fucking beliefs coming out about, you know, male superiority and that, you know, men need, there needs to be some form of aid to men, but it's never anything that you think it's going to be. You know, hey, if you're going to say you're a men's rights activist, I'm thinking in my mind like, oh, are we including, you know, our trans brothers and standing in solidarity for them, creating safe spaces for them? Are we going to talk about men's mental health and trying to get that number down by also having a support system where men can be vulnerable and unlearn all these horrible things we've been conditioned to learn as boys? Are we also going to talk about men's, you know, body image issues? 
Are we going to address that and that how that impacts our self-esteem? Are we even going to go a bit further and talk about how, you know, there needs to be more baby sta- uh, baby changing stations in men's washrooms and not just limited to women's washrooms? Because, hey, single fathers are a thing. Are we going to talk about them and supporting them and the stay-at-home dad? Is that something we're going to talk about? Oh, no, no. What are we doing? Oh, we're just yelling at victims all day? Wonderful. Great. Yeah, men's rights. Jesus fucking Christ. So back to this Jubilee video, they start talking about the idea of what weak men are and that this idea that they believe that women do not like weak men. And they define weak men as men who express themselves, who have emotion, who look a certain way, and that they feel they cannot be, that is what a weak man is but you're allowed to express these emotions only with your boys because you only see men as people and friends and clearly you do not see women as anything more than just a object for sex which is brought up you know you could bless bless those three women who were had to sit there in front of them because you can see the stares of like understandably but it's just it's 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 nuts it's nuts because they then start saying, you know, the guys start saying that men, a, a sign of a strong man is always expressing honesty. And this is where I find this is like a fucking huge contradiction, which just stuck out to me because bringing it back to the pickup artists, you guys are following what you look at as a fucking playbook. You are essentially following a script not written by you and thinking you can copy paste actions in order to get a result. You are not treating relationships as actual relationships with human beings. You are treating it like it's a fucking game and you're being dishonest at the end of the day. You're not, you can't just copy paste whatever the fuck this game, whatever this play or whatever this fucking technique is to go on a date to have a successful date. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. So that's just fucking bullshit right out the goddamn door. There's nothing weak in showing emotions. There's nothing weak in showing your emotions. It's fucking necessary. I used to believe in not showing my emotions in my earlier relationships, even with friends romantically. And I can tell you, it brought out the worst of me. It made our relationships harder. It created rifts. And it's something I do not want to go back to. I was not strong. I do not see myself as strong the days that I would have an argument, specifically with my ex-partners, where I wouldn't talk, or I didn't want to cry, or I didn't want to see her cry. That's not fair. That's not fair to fucking anyone. It didn't make me a strong, perfect, alpha Chad. Not at all. It made me a fucking asshole. It made me a piece of shit because it did more damage to her Because this is not how you have any form of resolution or address issues in a relationship with one person just completely emotionally shutting down. And then me, it did not help fuck all. That is not a healthy practice. And then I never said what actually was on my mind. I just kept it to myself. I had a fucking reaction to do that. And it just made me fucking pop off over stupid things. It's all this repressive shit. And not wanting to be seen as weak. And thinking hiding your emotions is going to remove your chances. And lessen your value as a romantic partner is horseshit. I'm telling you that from experience. 
and seeing this being repeated over and over, it's like being behind a glass window and you are just fucking screaming, trying to get that person's attention. Like, please, please let go of this fucking idea. Because when you repress it, where do you think it goes? Where do you think it fucking goes? All those feelings, where do you think it goes? Nowhere? You think it just fucking just evaporates and that way you can just eliminate it? This also kind of bleeds into the topic, you know, toxic positivity, just always being happy-go-lucky, or I only fuck with people who are just happy. No, that's impossible. That's impossible. You have to show your emotions. Don't be that fucking guy. Do not be that guy. I was that guy. I never want to be that guy again. That guy fucking sucks. I understand the context of why I was quiet, due to the way that I was raised as a kid, being in a first relationship, the way that I was conditioned from everything that I watched and listened to, yes, it gives context, but does not excuse my actions, and I have to take accountability for it. I was a fucking asshole. I would shut down. I would not speak. Can you imagine, like now, today, if I met my previous, my younger version of myself, who would not talk, I'd lose my mind, and I would be hurt. I would be so hurt because you are trying. You have one person who is trying to communicate with you and trying to find a solution or trying to understand something better and you just don't talk because you think that's the way to go. I'm not going to talk. I'm strong. There's nothing bothering me. When clearly, yeah, there is a problem because otherwise we would be having this fucking conversation. Anyways, don't. Don't do that fucking shit. And as much as I want to, you know, I said it, you know, I... I really did think about coming out here with the mic and being like, oh, I could just make fun of them. I don't, because I feel so sorry for you fucking guys. Because what you are doing, it's it literally is a form of digital self-harm. That is not only harming yourselves, but you are hurting others around you, whether it be through harassment, or after that, you are literally going out there and taking the lives of innocent fucking people. It's out of control. It's outrageous. No, Again, no one wins. No one is a fucking winner here. No one, you are not going to go down in history as someone who is going to be considered, what, loved? They're gonna, everyone's going to see you as a fucking piece of shit. That's it. There's no redemption arc here. There's no moment that you're actually going to turn your life around. That's what we want you to do. I mean, it's very hard to have a discussion and argue with you to get you out of this because you guys have mastered the ironclad debate of staying in this self-loathing state. And all I can say to you is that, is this what you want to fucking be known for? Is this how you want to be remembered for the rest of your fucking life? This is what you're going to do. Be online writing the most horrendous shit about people, about yourself, about the other people around you who are clearly suffering. Just like you, you guys are just putting yourselves more and more into the gutter till eventually that hole you've dug has become your own fucking grave. And it's heartbreaking. In the odd chance that this podcast hits the ears of men who think like this and I get hit with that fucking argument of, well, you're clearly a chad who paints a bunch of pussy and you must get laid all the time. You must never get rejected. I get rejected all the time. What are you talking about? Rejection is a normal thing. Sometimes you're not everyone's choice. And guess what? That's okay. That doesn't remove your value. That doesn't mean you are someone who then deserves not to have love for the rest of their life. You 
if you continue talking the way you do as someone who identifies as an incel, then yeah, yeah, then you're fucking doing it to yourself there. But in general, hey, I've been rejected tons of time. Tons of fucking times. And if you think it's what? It's just like the fucking fuck fiesta in my life all the time? No, not at all. And I don't need to have sex to feel validated. And also the amount of sex that I have had does not greater, like it doesn't increase, like there's no numbers here that like increase my value as a human being. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like trying to apply logic to this is so silly. It's like that whole argument that this group of men believe where, uh, oh, you know, uh, women who go around and are loose and being whores and blah, 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 they, they're, <laughs> they're, it's so dumb that their, their vaginas will then become loose from all the friction, from all the dicks, because that's how it works. But apparently that little magic rule of yours doesn't work when a woman is with the same man. Which is whatever. But then, I, wh- why does it not apply to dicks? Huh? Why did dicks not get thinner? Why don't I have, you know, a fucking... Whatever. Why don't I have just like a skewer between my legs then? From all the times I've jerked off. Because that's friction, right? Or does that not count? Is there some magic rule? Because like, it's my skin on that skin. So like, nothing happens. Like, this logic is so fucking stupid. It is so dumb. Recording this has been feeling like a roller coaster where I'm just like, I I can feel like I'm getting sweaty. I can feel, you know, I trying to apply this logic it gets me more tongue tied than usual when I record because I've just like my brain. I don't know the wires. I I I'm trying to understand this group and you know it's it's just. It literally puts me in a par, uh, a position of feeling speechless. Because it's just so extreme. It is so insane. And it is so harmful to so, so many others that they're like... To sit here and believe everything. And plus to believe that feminism is the enemy. Okay, let's talk for a little second here. You believe that, oh, it's feminist fault, this and that. Everything you are complaining about. Specifically, let's go into men's let's go into men's body image issue, that one. Because everyone loves to talk about boys here. We all like to talk about these manly men and their muscles and all that. Do you not think that's an issue that feminists have not brought up? That now is becoming more of a mainstream subject? about having inclusion and different bodies when we see ads and stuff like that? Huh? Do you think that is not something that's being spoken about? Do you not feel like... Also, when you have you ever spoken to someone to ask them what their actual type is? Once again, it's this jumping into thinking that, oh, women don't have any sex drives. Do you, like, not know, like, apart from, like, your mom, do you not know any woman who has explained who they are attracted to? It's not going to be limited to the cast of fucking Marvel. I've said that before. Like, it's, it's, it's not. This idea of fucking looks over and over again, it's become so nauseating that you don't want love or your idea of love is so fucking skewed and messed up. That ain't it, man. That ain't it. It really isn't it. Plus, let's not forget that if, you know, these guys, I feel... It's that type of guy. And you don't have to be an insult to have this idea. This is basically a very misogynistic uh, belief that even I had to unlearn because I had it when I was younger. Is that, you know, having specifically a woman as your partner 
does not mean they're your therapist. They're not going to magically fix everything for you and take the brunt of every form of emotional responsibility in your life. That's, that's not their role. They do not work for you in that way. It is not someone beneath you. You are not the center of the universe. You are in a partnership. You are in a relationship. You are with someone and sharing an experience together. It is not this fucking imbalance once again. And I know, I feel like with some of my friends who, are, who do wonderful work regarding bringing up these issues and feminist ideas and, and making their posts on social media and reaching these audiences to kind of do this work to help people unlearn. I know I sound like I'm preaching to the choir right now. But I'm trying to, you know, I guess I'm trying to kind of, I don't know, bringing another angle to it, but at least trying to talk about it also, because it's important. It's important. I will keep reiterating, as I have this entire podcast, how damaging this is. This is misogyny gone fucking wild. This is extremism. And yeah, and then, you know, these guys also get locked up into the manosphere, where you think like, oh man, I'm going to go to these fucking like, what is it? What was it for Andrew Tate? What was that thing called? It was like Hustlers University. Like, I'm going to teach you how to be the alpha and all this stuff. And you think in your mind, oh, yeah, I want to be like him. I'm going to be cool. He cares. Let me tell you something. None of these guys, none of these wannabe fucking pickup artists and fucking pro uh, professional male whatever the fuck life coaches, they don't care about you. They don't care about how you feel. They do not care about the outcome of you. They just want your money. That's it. They're preying on you because they know you're weak. That's all it is. They see an opportunity for them to profit off of your misery, off of your shitty ideas you've locked yourself into with a false sense of community, a false sense of confidence, and bringing you into even a more horrendous world of shit where you are going to feel more alienated than before. You'll be around other guys who have the same thing because you don't have a choice because it's like a fucking cult. You guys are just cutting ties off, man. And it gets to a point of no return, and that is fucking scary. So fuck all those guys that trying to fucking sell you something to be a better man and guarantee that you're going to get women, and this is how you get power and money, and uh, and uh, which is just fucking... Makes me want to puke, and I puked the other night because I drank too much. Uh, when I went out, I felt young again. No, I had my fun. But anyways, that's a, that's a side note. So, I think to conclude this episode properly, all I want to say then is that I, I just feel deep sorrow for these men. I hope you learn how to disconnect. I hope you get away from those, those forums. I hope you realize your own worth and that you get out of there before it's too late. I hope you make a redemption arc. I hope, Listen, accountability is not a fun activity. It's not in my hobbies. You know, looking back at my previous actions and having to unlearn horrible ideas. It's not fun. It's not fun work. It's not easy work all the time either, knowing that I was wrong or that I think in a wrong way that harms others. It's not fun. It's not fun, but guess what? It's very necessary, and I know you can change. And I know, maybe that sounds fucking crazy to reach out in a way like this to a group of individuals so filled with hate, but I know you can change. I'll at least say it. 
that I want to see you be known for something else. Not for all this horseshit. Not for wanting to incite violence on women. Not for making people feel in danger. Not for sucking in other men to feel like shit because you didn't know how to get out. So you feel, fuck it. I'm going to sink the whole ship because you're being selfish. I hope you do better. I really do. So we're going to leave this episode on that note for today. Uh, Once again, I'm sorry if this was too heavy for some of you. I did kind of warn it in the beginning. And if you need something, you know, as a palate cleanser from this episode, you can go watch The Joy of Painting. You can go watch uh, some calm times there. If not, go put on an episode of Am I the Asshole with From Tops to Bottoms. Hi, Cass. Hi, Sam, if you guys are listening. Um, I will be back again with another episode, maybe with a guest. But I feel today was kind of important. This was just on my mind, and I wanted to share my two cents for for whatever it's worth. But, uh, fellas, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to unlearn all these things. Um, If you guys want me to talk more about my personal journey in unlearning misogyny and all this other type of stuff, I think I'll probably do some episodes on it. You can also email me with questions. That I could probably answer on the pod. So oiledupodcast at gmail.com. Don't be shy. Make sure to follow the podcast on wherever you're listening. And give us a follow on Instagram at oiledupodcast. If you want to follow me personally for all my shenanigans, you can follow me at Armado Cabba. And sending lots of love to all of you out there. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>